We're a unique podcast for families of faith, produced by parents and pastors who understand and appreciate how hard it is to maintain your faith in a hostile culture. We're here to encourage and support you in the most vital role of all, parenting. If you're feeling overwhelmed and afraid, it's okay. You're not alone. Brilliantly Brave is hosted by two honest and engaging dads with nine kids between them. A road tripper, author, and pastor, Father Brad Mathias, and iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave. Hi. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, Pastor Brad Mathias. I'm here with Robert Beeson. Yeah. Hi, Robert. Hi, Robert. And you are very, you're very professional sounding today. Actually, you're not on your A game. Your energy level is fairly low. Yeah, it's it's because I'm. A little, are you sad? Yes, I am a little are sad, you sad today. Well, I'm not in the mountains, and it's hot. And, uh, it is hot, and that's a reason to not be happy. It is really hot. And I'm not talking about like the hot where you feel warm and the sun is on your skin and you just feel invigorated. This is more like living in someone's armpit or something. Well, that, that kind of hot. Well, as a person who's never lived in someone's armpit, it's difficult for me to totally understand the metaphor. But I can tell you that when I get out of bed in the morning and have to think about leaving air conditioning, mm-hmm. I get depressed. Yeah. I got here very early this morning, and it was already sticky. In fact, the sun wasn't even up, and I it was, like, sticky. Gross. I, I've been watching the Weather Channel, mm-hmm. so I feel like I'm qualified to say this, but the dew points are oppressive, according to them. 74 degrees is the dew point, which makes it— Okay, I think you're just losing people now because well, that I'm just, just telling that's a you little that, too much information, and it doesn't really— I'm telling you, I'm so tired of the heat that I'm studying it. That's okay. how tired I am. Okay. Well, let's just leave it there. All right. Well, today we have this, um, we have a very unusual husband and wife guest today. They have yeah. come a long, long way to visit with our audience and to be here in Franklin, Tennessee. Do, do you want to tell our audience how far our guests have come today? Yeah, but they're not unusual, like people. Well, no, we are. An, well, no, not I mean, like you're, you are. Yeah, Your wife yeah, is fair. not. That's fair. Thank you. Well, I mean, in all fairness, it's unusual for people to come you know, across the entire globe to be here with us in Franklin. And they did come from the other side of Just the world. Just for this podcast, and we're grateful that you it guys made It is amazing the, the commitment they've shown. Thanks for paying. Yeah. <laughs> it's our pleasure. <laughs> so who are our guests today, Robert? Would you tell the audience? Tim and Amy Cleary. And they are from New Zealand and Australia, which makes them Aussies and Kiwis. But from what I was understanding earlier, Tim, you moved to New Zealand when you were young. So do you prefer to recognize yourself as a Kiwi or as an Aussie? No, I'm still an Australian. I think uh. when my accent changes and my rugby uh, fan affiliation. affiliation changes, mm. then I could become so a Kiwi or an American at this point. You're not an all-blacks guy? Not at all. Really? No, they're cheaters. No, they're not cheaters, but they're not great rugby players. We're not cheaters. Yeah, well. So what is the Australian team? I don't even know. They're the, the Wallabies. Oh, well. But look, over the last 10 years, they've probably been closer to the Wobblies because um, yeah. they haven't been playing nearly as well as they should. Uh, but but the all, I'm loyal. The All Blacks, are they're, they're like... They're the best in the world. They're yeah, unreal. Uh, unstoppable. They're not unstoppable. The British Lions team stopped them. 
in the, the Springboks did too at one point. Wait, time out, time, time, time out. Uh, as an American in the room mm. who has no idea what you're talking about, is this rugby talk or this is, soccer? This is rugby. This okay. is rugby. So for the audience, we're talking rugby. Okay. Yeah, and so I grew up in South Africa. And I'm so sorry. This, I'm sorry to hear that. No, you shouldn't be sorry. It was no, wonderful. I am. No, I am. I, I, I you don't am. need to feel sorry for me. I feel very but sorry. But our country's team was the Springboks, mm -hmm. and they were a very good team. But it was always when you would bring the, up rugby and say All Blacks, it was kind of a hiss in the room because it was like you can't defeat the All Blacks, and they were just like this nemesis. Mm. But they're a great team. Yeah. I didn't have an affiliation really. So anyway, we've we've uh, we've. Used all the time we have, so thank you guys for being here. Sports podcast, awesome. <laughs> no, it's really great having you guys. Um, we've known Tim and Amy for uh, a couple of years now, and have been partners with the Twin Gospel Alliance, and huge fans of what they are doing ministry-wise with the Etherlight, which is if you haven't seen it, you must check it out. It's it's unlike anything else. Um, and we can talk a little bit about that. But what we wanted to do here is get both of you here to talk, not just about media and tweens, but actually families. And um, you guys have certainly had your share of adventures moving from down under over here and bringing your kids with you. And so I think you probably have a lot to, to share with our audience about how to cope and how to deal with um, change and, and um, what that does to a family dynamic. So welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks In all sincerity. Yeah, so uh, we had a robust pre-interview discussion going, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and and I'm going to tell the audience that you have two a smaller children, three and five, is that correct? Mm -hmm. You've been married about eight years. And so you're going through all the normal growth and, and stretching that comes with being parents of small toddler and, and preschoolers. Uh, but you also moved continents in the middle of that and tried to launch a brand new ministry in, in Aetherlight. Tell us just a little bit uh, how the last two or three years has gone for you as parents of small children in transition. I think the first thing to know is our kids are the artist and the animal. Our son <laughs> is, is five years old um, and he is an artist. He's, he, he deep feels everything. Mm -hmm. hmm. So he does something wrong. He's beating himself up first. He's putting himself in timeout. And then he's saying all the things that now won't happen to him because he's done this wrong. This mm. grievous wrong. My daughter is. Like shaming himself. Like, shaming himself. Yeah. Like self. Flagellation, yeah. yeah. Huh. Uh, my daughter Izzy is the animal. She could self, uh, you know, whip herself, and she wouldn't feel pain. Um, <laughs> I mean, I wanted to get her checked because there's something wrong with her pain receptors. She'll headbutt you and 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 think it's hilarious, you know. So yeah. we've got this very sensitive young boy who is just a beautiful soul, and then we've got uh, this animal who very may extroverted. not may not have a soul at this point and <laughs> and so uh Sorry. these two kids are just uh, incredible to parent because they're incredibly different mm -hmm. um, but they've also responded to moving across um the pacific uh, incredibly differently mm. uh it's not a day goes by that my son doesn't miss his friends who ironically are now in america um <laughs> but a couple of states away uh, but not a day goes by that my daughter uh, doesn't echo the same sentiments just because her brother does. Mm. Not that she remembers New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so it's been an exciting time. I can't remember what the question was, but that's a little introduction to well, my kids. Yeah, I think a lot of our listeners could identify with transition. The stress of moving 
the stress of launching a new ministry or a new business, you know, all of those are stresses that many families face. Mm. And so hearing your story sort of off the mic earlier today, I was, I was laughing, I was enjoying it, but I was also encouraged by it because you guys have been through some difficult times together as a husband and wife. What would you give as advice to a family who's in the middle of transition and have children as young as your own? And let's, let's get you to answer that, Amy. Cause I... <laughs> um, I would probably say with everything going on, we can get distracted by trying to make new friends, trying to sort out the house that we're living in, trying to sort the job, just trying to sort life in a new place. But I think um, what we had to remember um, and we didn't always do it so well because obviously it's all learning. Um, but was to keep the fact that our family is the only consistent and constant thing we have, and to not miss out on the opportunities that we have to be to be with our kids, to be engaged, doing stuff with our kids. Um, so many times, Tim was. I think we we arrived in the country, and three days later, he was off travelling. Hmm. No bank account, no car, it's snowing. All I have is my Nespresso coffee machine and the Wi-Fi is working. And that's all, <laughs> that's all we cared about. But so often I, I could have just sat and, um, and I did sometimes, just kind of phase out and let the kids watch TV and then I watch something else just to kind of make the days go a little bit faster. But what they really needed and what I needed was to actually just engage with them and make the most of an empty house and us sleeping on mattresses on the floor and the kids having little toys arriving via Amazon <laughs> every mm. day and, and just trying to keep consistency for them. Um, what kinds of things did you do? Well, give us some examples of things that you would um, incorporate. Well, obviously, we're still trying to, we were still trying to learn um, about our area of where mm. we live. Um, we had a, a family that has growing up children and they kind of adopted us and so she would have to come and pick us all up hmm. and we'd go do Costco runs or Target runs or we found indoor playgrounds um, or we just went around to her house and it was like them being at an honorary grandparents house which is kind of what they've become for hmm. us and then pulling out their their grown up kids toys and, and, and the kids just having like a, a home that felt like a home because ours yeah, really didn't feel it wasn't. <laughs> so finding and plugging into some but kind of community. But they were also community. so yeah. graceful to us in yeah. that they'd let our kids turn their house into a bomb site. <laughs> they wouldn't yell at our kids. They'd let our kids have mm. a space that felt somewhat normal mm. when we couldn't provide that at home. We yeah. were still living out of boxes, or literally, our kids still cry when the FedEx man leaves without bringing a toy because they got yeah. so used to toys getting delivered yeah. as we were trying to restock a house. Because we that. arrived with five suitcases. And that's it. And that's it. You didn't ship a bunch we of stuff We didn't ship over? anything. Wow. We, we started we moved from, from a ministry. So there was no money to shift right. our ship. stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think we got uh, a little bit of money to set up a house. And by a little bit, I mean... You a know, little bit. Enough it had, get, it had three zeros, but it didn't go over three numerals you know like it was the basics it was just the basics and and Mm. so these kids were were in an empty sandbox of a house but they didn't they didn't care as long as the consistent constant yeah was there as long as and i mean they did they really struggled joel particularly struggled because he could remember new zealand so he could remember that he had his three friends back in New Zealand that he just wanted to be and with. How old was he when you when you guys left? He was New about Zealand? to turn four, okay. and as he was about to turn two, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so all he wanted to do was go and find friends mm-hmm. to the point where he would start talking to 
adults in the grocery store. He would hi. <laughs> he will still he will still walk past somebody's house and they're mowing their lawns or they're cooking their grill, and he'll say <laughs> hello. My name's Joel. Um, maybe my mum will let me come and play at your house sometime. Wow. To to grow. Do you ha- do you have children? Yes, they're all growing up. Can I come and play? You know, like <laughs> really. <no. laughs> and he's the artist, so he's emotional. If we say no, he can't go play at that stranger's house. Mm. That is um, a, actually a remarkable quality for someone that's an artist. They're not necessarily yeah. always that he's outgoing. He's social, but and... then he's not social. Kind of all in one. Hmm. It's, a, it's a yeah. It's his father. It's, <laughs> I'm, I don't know how to deal with you, Tim. You're up. <laughs> Izzy, on the other hand, she'll tell everyone how she feels. Yeah, so like that. <clears throat> tell us about the dynamic you had, Tim, with your daughter as you were traveling so much these last two years. Yeah, the animal. Um, <laughs> the animal. Call her that. You know, she might hear this someday. Just, yeah. Well, just, I gave her nice names on the birth certificate, so the animal just keeps her balanced. Um, <laughs> no, I'll tell her the stories of how she got the nickname the animal uh, when she's older. But um, it was Amy calls her She-Hulk. Well, what's the other one? The beast. Uh, the beast. So I thought animal was a lot gentler. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I was away so much. I, I remember when Joel was born, I felt like I had an immediate connection with him. You know, uh, we both had similar anatomy as well as um, personalities. Uh, Izzy was born and I had to learn about anatomy um, and, and, and things that I just, I still don't feel comfortable about having to, you know, it was just, it was all very stressful. Uh, because she was not only physically so different, uh, but she was emotionally so different. She did not connect with me at all. Hmm. And I remember the hardest thing about being a parent of, of suddenly this little girl is everybody told me how fulfilling it was being the dad of a girl. Hmm. It wasn't fulfilling. It was agonizing. There was this alien in my house. She loved her mom, but she didn't want cuddles with dad. Hmm. She didn't want to know dad. Who is dad? Uh, and then I had to travel on top of all of that. I, I almost don't think it was the travel that birthed it. It was the travel that prolonged that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so it's only now she's, she's, um, she's older that now she gets excited when daddy's home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now she cries when daddy goes to work. Now she comes in for cuddles in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, now she attempts to jump in the shower. You know, now <laughs> she has become somebody that loves being around daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... If you'd told me it was going to work out, I probably would have called you a liar because it was mm. very strange watching this relationship, mm. I guess, be birthed. Yeah, so that's a lot of tension to introduce into a home dynamically uh, in the middle of such upheaval. Mm. As you're in transition as a couple, you're moving, you have all these changes that are going on, there mm. are uncertainties. And then, uh, Tim, to add to that, this, this sort of uh, foreign... Uh, daughter, this person yeah. <laughs> who you really can't connect with, you don't understand their language, their culture is weird. Yeah. Um, I it's can, how America felt about us, <laughs> is how I felt about my own daughter. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, a resident alien. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, having raised two daughters, um, I can definitely identify with the, the feelings of not understanding your daughter, this, this feeling of not. You don't speak my language. Mm. Uh, turning to your wife and, and sort of saying, please interpret what that just was. Because yeah. I don't even have that in my in my data bank. I can't mm. pull that out. I don't know what that meant. 
Um, I, I can identify with that feeling, but I also know how deeply that could hurt someone. Mm. So I imagine that in that process, you felt wounded when you would come home and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, I'm working so hard for this little girl mm. and I love her and, and mm. it's not reciprocated. Yeah. How did you guys work through that as a couple? Um, as a couple is a great question because I think when you have young kids, it was like, I think only recently, and by recently I mean like in the last six weeks, have we started to feel like we're married again. Hmm. Mm. For so long there, we were we were like roommates, mm-hmm. right? We well, were you just, go into survival mode, yeah. Right. When you're under pressure, and you they call it like accidental parenting. You're just kind of doing anything to to get by, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, it's the last priority is to to <laughs> work on your relationship when you've got to keep these kids safe and alive. Right. <laughs> I remember the day I realised I had to forgive my three year old daughter. You know. Um, which is just the weirdest thing to have to say, because how can a three-year-old wrong you? But it wasn't the fact that she'd wronged me. It was the fact that I was holding stuff against her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the biggest three lessons I've learned in the last little while as a parent and as a person, and those two things actually can't be really separated, because if you're not a person, you can't be a parent. Go powerful. Classic. Very Go powerful. Uh, is <laughs> is <laughs> like cynicism ruins mm. everything. Uh, entitlement ruins everything and unforgiveness ruins everything so if you can be a person that doesn't give in to cynicism that doesn't give in to entitlement and that constantly forgives then actually everything else falls into place Hmm. and for me uh, that's been super important to actually not look at when my kids behave like that to not see it as a direct insult towards me Mm. or not see it as motivated by something else, but they're just kids learning how to be. Mm. Uh, When uh, I feel like they should be this and they're not, that's entitlement, that's not right, right? Mm. They're actually learning how to be (laughs) and I need to push that to the side. Oh, we should have a better car, we should have a better job, we should have a better house, we should have better kids. None of that exists, none of that is real. Uh, And then finally, you know, unforgiveness sucks. I have to constantly forgive uh, my kids. And I love the distinction that you made, that it's not about a wrongdoing necessarily. It's about letting go mm. of, you know, what is what you're holding mm. as an infraction or as a, mm. as a wound. That's, that's a very important distinction. Mm. And, and probably a lot of parents get stuck on that because they may have some resentment towards their kids that their kids didn't intend yeah. there to be. And you know? your spouse. I well, have to forgive yeah. her. Yeah. She's mm. the worst. <laughs> right? In this little I have a microcosm. Really hard time believing that. Do you know what I mean? In this little microcosm that is us, like marriage is just two really broken people trying to get along. Absolutely. And yeah. so um, how do two really selfish people learn to be selfless? The same way a piece of glass in a river learns to be soft, learns to be rounded. Tumbled. So, you know? And so it's a constant um state of agony hmm. sometimes as you realize that you know constantly have to say i'm sorry i hurt you it's not enough to say i'm sorry you have to say i'm sorry i hurt you you have to go deep with with what's been going on and 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 understanding that the otherness hmm. of your spouse is just as important as yours hmm. if not more important so. Yeah, I'm listening to you, and I've been married 26 years, and uh, thinking about some of the experiences my wife and I had with our younger kids. 
And there, there is sort of this natural separation that occurs with parents where one child or another connects with one parent more than another. And it's just more natural. Mm-hmm. There's just a little bit of an ease to communication. You, you understand them more intuitively. And the other, you might find yourself having to work harder yeah. to find common ground to find a way to connect with them. And it can build up frustration between the husband and wife because you can have, uh, you know, just this sort of almost jealousy. Like, how can you do that so easily? I have to work so hard. And when I do, it's not received well. Mm. Uh, You can just look at them and they they run to you. Um, I'm sure those feelings had to be exacerbated, Tim, as you were really traveling a lot. You said you were gone one month and then back two months and, and that sort of when you pattern. still lived in Australia or in New, New Zealand, Zealand? Yeah. so yeah. that you know the stress of that on your relationships had to be tremendous what would you tell uh, a dad who is finding himself in a job where he's forced to travel yeah. leave his family behind what would you recommend I think FaceTime is the greatest gift we have in the modern yeah. in the modern you know century and um, you know I would make a point of, of trying to FaceTime at bath time or at dinner time, a place where it was normal for me to be around right before bed. Um, but also make intentional memories, mm. you know, when you're, when you're physically when you there, there. And then talk about those memories when you're not. Mm. So that those memories are still just as alive and, ooh, uh, and well uh, in, in those moments. But, I mean, it's, it's just super hard. I mean, dad travels. You know, our, 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 our friends here in America, actually, mum travels. Hmm. You know, dad's left with the kids. You know, again, it's just, it's so hard. You got to make intentional memories. You got to be, you know, I, I beat myself up when I don't call. You know, where I come from is like one time zone in a country. Mm-hmm. When I'm traveling now, there's like th- four time zones I've got to contend with to work mm-hmm. out where I am and what time it is at home in Tennessee. Yeah. And so, you know, being intentional about calling before they go to bed, I'm terrible at it. I'm just the worst because when I'm away, I'm in that zone. I'm busy trying to help other parents with their kids and getting their kids into the Bible with the Ethelite stuff. But if, if only they could see that my life at home is terrible. I mm-hmm. haven't read a Bible story to my son in weeks. You know what I mean? Right. And so you're caught in this this irony, um, especially for me, of actually feeling like a really bad parent because I was focusing on other people's kids and uh, and not my own. And so, yeah, intentional memory making, but also take advantage of technology. Yeah, yeah get on FaceTime. Um, yeah, you know, my daughter still asks, "Daddy, where are you?" <laughs> I don't know why she speaks like she's an Asian grocery store <laughs> owner, but she does. I was gonna ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Daddy, where are you? And I'm like, I'm at work, baby. Like I'm like two minutes away at work. Hmm. But she's so used to me not being somewhere not being not, close yeah. right that it's the first question that's Daddy, the where are you? And i think when you leave bye i'm off to work i don't think she's she still doesn't know if how long is he going to be gone for when's he going to be back an hour or and that's why she would have cl- like clung on to me mm-hmm. because i was always there and then really struggled almost like she was kind of like making dad work for it when you got back but amy's just as bad when i got home i was like I want a kiss or a cuddle or maybe a special cuddle. Mm-hmm. And she's like, stop it. I don't know you. This is the transition period, okay? <laughs> you know? and, 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 and what we're going to understand is the emotions of these, of these girls is so different to us guys. Yeah. You yeah. know? And this is important. I'm going to talk a little bit uncomfortably for parents here. 
because this is something I learned uh, really early on is that like we we are like we're like fireworks guys like we, we get home and we're ready to just like make a party happen and you know what I'm talking about parents uh, but women are like a diesel engine right you got to slowly get them cranked up and get them going so I'd get home to the ice queen she's put up these walls <laughs> The Ice Queen? Yes. Is that what you She's just Princess Elsa. Okay. I got home right. to this, this woman who Queen Elsa, who'd put up walls to kind of protect herself while I'm gone. I don't right. want to miss him. I want to focus on my kids. So I get home to just this very scary, strong woman who I don't know. But equally, she doesn't know me. And so I suddenly want to get home and get into bed, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't know you. Just hold and me. And so <laughs> we had to learn, I had to learn really quickly that the dynamics had to change, that I had to like just ease ease into it and understand that once we're back to normal, we're back to normal and it's great. But this this was a finely tuned diesel engine mm. and I was an electric start. Because I have to cope. Right. When he's, and I'm a highly capable woman, but I still had to kind of portion out my energy. She had to kids. say that because I didn't say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a highly capable woman. Thanks, Matt. There you go. That's healing. Um, and I kind of learned to learn to cope without him. Right. And then all of a sudden he comes back and he messes with the systems and the house True. is messy again. And you had it the way. And I had it all. I'm a slight control freak. And he comes she's in not, and just kind of. She's not a freak. <laughs> she's very controlling. But yeah, he kind of just messes with the system, and so we all have to transition. Well, you know, as a pastor, that's the first time I've ever heard a couple tell me that. Really? That, yeah, that's it. You guys are unique like that. No, he's that's, full that's of sarcasm. That, that's oh, called sarcasm okay. in America. Yeah, okay. he's got a problem uh, with that. I was gonna say. I think it's interesting. You know, <clears throat> I identify, but in a different way with what you're saying because I was a single dad for eight years. My wife, who I'm married to now, was a single mom for five years. And um, sorry, I'm pulling a cord. <laughs> It's like a leash. If you're listening to this and can't see this, I've got... I thought that was a serious point you were trying A leash. <laughs> so I was just going I was actually that. going somewhere. Um, okay. My wife was a, a single mom for five years. And so talking about what you you said, mm. we had our system set up. Yeah. Fully set up. And so now that there's an integration, it's like, wait, that's not how we do it. And she's like, ah, uh, yeah, that's how we do it. <laughs> and, and so there's this kind of... Having to accept that there's not a right or a wrong to mm. a situation, but it's like moving into America. You have yeah. to understand the culture. You have to like acclimate to the way things are done here. It's a lot like that when you, either you travel or if you're a blended family, you're really having to give yourself time to learn mm. the other person again, and and the other and and permission for them to not agree with you and the way things are done and mm. that's a that's a really difficult thing if you're not intentional about it and suddenly i realized why alice was so important to the brady bunch huge huge right because there was this middle person who could actually just take the kids so mum and dad could be mum and dad right because as well as you having trouble learning how the kids are going to work together you're trying to work out how you work together mm -hmm. and so the brady bunch had alice right yeah for this last little season we've been super blessed to have this girl tessa who has an American passport, who said, yeah, I'll come over for a year and live with you guys and take the kids some of the time. And wow. so and so for us, that's I think that's part of the only reason that I say we're no longer roommates. Mm. Yeah. Because we've actually had the freedom now to come and do this, to Amy comes and works out of my office sometimes mm. now. If I need help with something at work, I ask her before I ask anyone else. Because mm. uh, we finally got that freedom. I think finding Alice in your Brady Bunch 
is super important. Find that friend or that honorary auntie who can take the kids to get ice cream while you just have 15 minutes mm. to chat. Mm-hmm. You know, that can change a marriage. Um, what kind of dynamics did you guys work on when you came back? Or, or if there's a parent out there listening, it may not be travel, it may not be a blended family, but there is a difference. You almost feel like you're in different places, like you can't relate. And, and you have to parent, like you're saying, yeah. that doesn't stop, but you're in, you're in different places. So how, what are some of the dynamics that you noticed, either that you employed yourself or that you wish you would have, that helped you kind of re-engage besides just the Alice. I mean, that's a, that's a good one. Finding yeah. someone to lighten the parenting load for a sec mm. while you guys can reconnect. Mm. But there's, I think there's some forgiveness that needs to happen, yeah. you know? And so what are some practical ways that, and again, not, not forgiveness because someone's done wrong, mm. but just that you're holding something against them. How do you un- unpack some of those things? Look, I'm the worst person to ask cause I'm terrible at it. So when, when I get home from a trip, I go to bed. Um, and that's the worst way to deal with it because suddenly I'm home but I'm not present mm-hmm. and the kids want dad and mum's like, no, we just got to let dad sleep until he... And that's for the benefit of everybody because, you know, you hustle when you're on the road mm-hmm. or, or whatever and you come home and you're exhausted. But it's probably not to the to the benefit of my kids. Mm-hmm. Probably the first thing I should have done is actually taken the kids mm-hmm. and gone to the park or gone to get ice cream or taken them to the toy shop if you're a consumerist like I am. Um, and he's like, no, they don't need more toys. I'm like, everybody needs more toys. Um, but, you know, at least she would have got some time there because you don't realize when you're on the road that she, she hasn't got time to shower. Mm-hmm. She's skipping breakfast. She's, uh, she's doing all this stuff just to make the house work uh, without you kind of sharing the load. Uh, but also uh, for us, you know, I should, I should, I should be, and, and should have been more intentional about finding ways to lessen the load. Hmm. So how can I say, "Hey, Miss Sarah or Auntie whoever, could you on Tuesday take the kids?" So she's not asking for a handout. I'm asking for a favour because I'm mm-hmm. leaving. Um, spontaneous flowers. You know, maybe cooking a couple of meals before I go that I just shove in the freezer. So that she's feeling like, like, I can't do what I do without Amy being able to do what she does. Mm-hmm. And so she's as much responsible for any success I have. She's more responsible for any success I have uh, than I probably am uh, because she's allowed me to do so. And so how do we recognize that on the front end and on the back end of, of any kind of trip or, or whatnot is super important. I've talked way too much. Amy, how do you how do you deal with those are great, great tips. Like one of the things I'm curious about yeah. is if you're at home or you're on the short end of the stick and you're carrying the home burden most of the time, whether it's because of travel, what's the best way to communicate that? Because I think you could, like, everything could really be explosive if, if it's just you're going mm. off of raw. Have you guys found dynamics communication-wise that, like... And I, I, We're still working on it. Swear words work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know that there's a right answer, but I know yeah. for me, a lot of times it's not... The way you communicate is more important than what you're communicating mm. sometimes. And so... I think it also comes down to what your love languages are and, like, mm. who you are as people. So, for me... I'm quality time, for sure. Um, Alexis is agreeing. <laughs> so when Tim gets hot, like, I just want to hang out with him. Like, I've been stuck with children for however many weeks or months. Like, mm. just hang out with me. Have some adult 
you know, yeah. conversations or, or take, you know, take me out and, and treat me. And I'm sick of people. And he's like, I'm done <laughs> yeah. with people. I just want to go to bed. Um, but also to get back into kind of a rhythm for us. Um, and I'm noticing, obviously, with, with Tessa helping us and us being able to spend time together, we met and he was a youth pastor and I, I was his intern. So we were doing ministry together. That's how we met. Um, so we've always done some form of ministry together, been serving together, and I think that's where we operate best. We are a great team. Common. So when we come over here, my primary <clears throat> role is caregiver to the children. His is a job that takes him elsewhere, traveling and, and so much energy. I think we just, we, we don't have, we, and we still kind of haven't got that thing that we do together. Right. So I'm serving at church. He, he's always away, so he can't commit to the level of serving that I do. Um, and his passion may not be for, for preschoolers like mine is at, at this stage yeah. that I'm in. Mine's not at all. <laughs> Mine's not at all. So that's probably been the thing that I'm looking forward to is finding that that thing, Common that thing. ministry, that serving, that where we can on a deeper level be serving God, growing the kingdom, and doing it together because that's where right. we work best. You know, as, as I'm listening to your story, I, it is so familiar. Uh, the sarcasm earlier is because yeah. I don't know of a couple alive mm-hmm. who has not had to walk through what you just walked through. Yeah. And, and your courage and humility to share that with our audience is greatly, greatly appreciated. And you're helping people because there are a lot of couples who are feeling right now like we're the only ones. You know, that that don't have this figured out. Mm. And I think in the Christian world in particular, there is a pressure to do this quote right, to get it right. What is right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so one of the things that we're revealing, the lie, is that there is some proper way to be married and proper way to, to raise children. And the truth is that we never quite get this dialed in. At whatever age or stage you are as parents, there's always those moments where you're aware, oh, I'm out of balance here. Yeah. I, I need to focus more on the needs of fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter, my son, my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that constant searching to be more selfless, mm. I think, is what Christ really uh, intended when he invented marriage mm. and, and children. This idea of family is a way not only to demonstrate to the world yeah. that God has a plan and a purpose for us, but also a way to make us like him. Yeah. So the actual process of being married, the actual process of raising kids is is hardwired to reveal those areas in our life that we really need to still work on. Mm-hmm. And what you're sort of exposing and sharing with us, I know every single listener is laughing or crying because they know they have a different artist and animal yeah. <laughs> in their home, but they understand what you guys just explained mm-hmm. and the need to find space to be a husband and wife, you mm-hmm. know, to spark romance and to have connection. Those are essentials. Those aren't secondary things as parents because we, yeah. when we have small kids, we can push that down and say, well, I'll get back to that at some point when yeah. the kids are older. And I would encourage you fight for that, mm-hmm. you know, fight for those, what do you call it? Special cuddles. Special cuddles. Special cuddles. <laughs> Very special cuddles. Yeah, I think those are essential. Those yeah. aren't secondary. Those are primary. Mm-hmm. And so good for you for all that you're doing to stay connected. And Good uh, for you for all those special cuddles. That's right. <laughs> Robert, have you, have you got any closing thoughts for... You know, I, I just, I do admire you. And I do think that dismantling um, the myth that this is, there's a perfect way to do this is really important. So thank you for your vulnerability and 
in talking about the fact that you're still on this journey and you mm-hmm. don't have this all figured mm-hmm. out. And But the thing that's obvious is that you're both committed to going, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. The fact that you can talk, and we talked pre-on air, about having a fight the one night and the next morning you guys are still you're, you're good and taping you, you, special cuddles yeah <laughs> i wasn't gonna go there potatoes um <laughs> that's a code word for those listeners that um that's when i have to stop talking that's well not stop talking but just uh, realize anyway i just i admire so much what you got you're the vulnerability and that you're leading from that place of authenticity mm-hmm. it's it resonates with so many people and and there's not a lot of people that are brave enough to do that kind of thing so thank you for doing that here I, the only closing thing is i wanted to get again tim you said the three things and i love this the three things that you try to get away from or that you're trying what are those i know one was entitlement the yeah three so things- cynicism Mm. Entitlement and unforgiveness. Like if we could just dismantle those three things in our relationship, in our job, in our relate, you know, whatever. I, I think mm. that those are those are huge ideas, and yeah. I love that. So thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. Well, Robert, <clears throat> I know that was one of the more enjoyable uh, interviews I've uh, experienced here on Brilliantly Brave. What do you think of that? I think um, anytime you're able to sit across from someone that is as authentic and transparent. Um, Not only is it engaging, but I think there's so much truth that just kind of comes out because it's not about trying to have all the right answers. It's just about kind of expressing where they're at. And I think that our listeners will really resonate with that because, because so few people are willing to be vulnerable like that or to be brave enough to be vulnerable like that. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love those two. Yeah. They are amazing. Tim and Amy are uh, this just sort of uh, moment in time for me, I felt like I was having a flashback. You know, <laughs> I could see Paige and myself, mm-hmm. you know, 15, 20 years ago, remembering what it was like to have three kids under the age of five or six and just the tension and exhaustion and fatigue that is so normal. But yeah. when you're in it, it's overwhelming. Absolutely. And I, you know, as I'm, you know, only married for three years now, and I, but I totally relate right now to what some of the tension that they're feeling about, okay, these are, you know, when he went away, she established her systems and, you know, he did his thing. And and it's just like Barb and I, like she had her way of life and I had my way of life and they were firmly, it wasn't just a month thing that I was away or my spouse was, it was eight years of this, you know? And so now trying to bring it all together, it creates tremendous tension unless you understand that you have to navigate uh, that it's normal to feel that tension and to embrace that tension i think it can be very um did i make a mistake right is this not you know um but it's just i mean anytime you're colliding cultures it's it's going to happen and i think the great thing is that you are so much the better for it on the other side of walking through this and i think our kids are better for it as well because they're seeing you navigate tension just like like those two are and and have been and they've done a they've done an outstanding job for as young as they are i i don't actually know how old they are but i know they're not old <laughs> they're not as old as you well Brad. yeah no they're not as old as me and that's a fact but th- they have been married for eight years mm-hmm. um and, and i think we're going to invite them back for season three just because some of the some of the context of their marriage the tragedy they've been through some of the mm-hmm. struggles i think our listeners would further identify with but as i was thinking about it and looking back you know, I think for the parent who's raising the the preschoolers, mm-hmm. and and many parents are so busy with their jobs that they are traveling one or both. Mm-hmm. There's just that there's no time left for. Or if it's not travel, it's just 
at the office all the time. Right. I mean, there's, yeah. and I totally get what Tim says when I come back from a trip or sometimes, you know, either traveling or just working, I don't want to be around people. I just, I just want to shut down and I, you know, I, man, I totally get that. I do too. And I, I was even uh, identifying with the struggle that Tim's having connecting with his daughter. I had that struggle mm. with my son. Mm. Um, Caleb just, he did not like to be with me. <laughs> and uh, in a similar way, I was gone when he was young. I was out of yeah. the house. And so the constant in his life was his mom. And so that's where he would go. Uh, for comfort. Hmm. And it wasn't until uh, the teen years that God really opened the door for me to reconnect with my son. And so my encouragement to a parent who's feeling, I just don't connect. Hang will in this there. ever? Yeah, it will war- It right. will sort itself out. It will be It will be resolved. You, you won't have to live in perpetuity disconnected <laughs> from your kid. And I think sometimes it's just helpful for parents to hear from the old guys like mm-hmm. us hey, this stuff will work. God is faithful. His mm-hmm. promises are true. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is worth staying married, even yeah. when you feel disconnected, alone, and overwhelmed. I couldn't agree more. I thought it was a great, great time. I'm so glad we got to spend it with them. Absolutely. Well, uh, before we close out, I just want to you know, take a moment to share with you what Winston shared with me. Um, <laughs> you know, I like Winston. I think... You know, I've sort of come to terms with the fact that he's using me a little bit. These these wise sayings that he shares with me, they're only after several pieces of cheese now. It used to just be one piece, now it's three or four. So, well, I get to see the, the home life of Winston since he is my dog, and I will tell you that I... I can only suspect that he is using you, not just for cheese, but he is walking with a different posture. Now. Oh. He's he's kind of enjoying the notoriety, so I'm not well, sure that this isn't going to backfire. He does have a Facebook page now. He does. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when a dog has his own Facebook page, something's going on. Well, Winston today shared with me uh, something I think that's appropriate for our topic and, okay. and interview, and, and it's a little-known truth. Women have twice as many pain receptors on their body as men, but a much higher pain tolerance. That makes sense. Yeah. There's a lot of these things that I think that you're just pulling off the internet and you didn't actually get from Winston. Um, That's that are just We're not supposed to be cynical. You just heard <clears throat> Tim talk about no, that. No, but I'm, I'm getting to the point that I think this one, that, that, that could be true. Yeah. That, that could be very true. I, I have a, a very low tolerance to pain. Uh, I can vouch for that. Yep. Well, you know... <laughs> As we, okay. as we walk through the 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 season two of Brilliantly Brave, we appreciate all of our listeners. We appreciate those people who uh, decide to subscribe to us and listen each week. We hope yeah. this is encouraging. It's uplifting. It's a little funny, um, a little lightning to the load that is your day. And if you would be so kind as to go to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, and put a nice review in, uh, rate us uh, if you appreciate what we're doing, share it with a friend. Those are the things, those little details make every difference. And maybe who you prefer, more Robert, less Brad, something like that, that would would be helpful too. You know, you're hurting me just a little bit right there. Okay. That hurt. It was intended to. Join us again next week for Phil Davis. He's the director of Abba's Way Ministry. He'll give us some great insights into parenting, specifically for dads and their sons. So join us right here, Brilliantly Brave Parenting, the podcast. Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. 
For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13. This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance. All rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave. What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believing. For parents and for pastors, that's a frightening experience, especially if you've got an 11 or 12 year old. At the iShine Ministries headquarters, this became a huge priority in the last year. We partnered with the Tween Gospel Alliance to bring you a brand new resource known as the Shock and Awe Study Guide. And I'm here with one of the co-founders of this entire program, Robert Beeson. Can you tell us what is the Shock and Awe Study Guide? It is awesome. More than that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The Shock and Awe Study Guide is a super cool thing that either a parent can do with their kid or a youth pastor can do with their students or a children's pastor can do with their students. And here's the cool thing about it. It is apologetics for kids. So it's the really huge evidence and thoughts of apologetics wrapped in a way that is really tangible and simple for kids to understand, answering four primary questions. And they are, what if there's a God? What if the Bible is true? What if Jesus is who he said he was? And what if I'm part of that plan? And we believe if you can answer those four questions and you are drawn through evidence proving those four questions, that really it's going to establish a pretty unshakable foundation of faith. That sounds very helpful, especially if you're a parent or pastor and you're concerned about the condition of your child's faith, what they believe, what the voices of culture are telling them. If that's you and you're interested, go to iShineLive.com and check out in our web store the Shock and Awe Study Guide. It has a digital cloud video base, so it's four studies in a small paperback volume for $9, and it has four videos that go with four studies. It can be done in a weekend, it can be done over a month, or it can be done bi-monthly, however you need it. It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church, and I have been impressed. So, check it out. Check it out.